is the Story Mobile Podcast. We are a solar-powered moving art space that travels to events and through neighborhoods to collect your stories. The St. Paul Almanac book was created in 2005 and has since been released annually. The goal is to bring together the diverse community of St. Paul through literary arts. The Almanac is a meeting place for sharing stories and artwork of our community. This year, the St. Paul Almanac released their 11th volume, On a Collected Path. As part of a reading festival, authors have gathered at various venues throughout St. Paul to read their fabulous work. On Saturday, June 17th, Storymobile was at Polly's Coffee Cove to hear authors read their work from St. Paul Almanac on a Collected Path, Volume 11. All right, first up we have Anita Diwale. Anita lives in St. Paul with her husband and two sons. She blogs at firstteacher.wordpress.com, first1stteacher.wordpress.com. Please welcome Anita. Good afternoon. Thanks for having me. My um, piece is on page 174, and it's called A Full Pantry. In early February, we broke open the seal on our last pint of mulberry jam. It took us back to the summer days when the mulberry tree on the Elmhurst Cemetery fence line was laden with ripe fruit. I wish we could pick mulberries now, one son said. We recalled how the tree had provided a feast for the birds, but the birds were not keeping up. Plenty of mulberries were dropping to the ground, only to be trampled or driven upon. So I called up the cemetery manager and asked for permission to pick the berries, promising him some mulberry cobbler in return. He was surprised when we actually delivered the warm dessert, fresh out of the oven. It's best the first day, I told him. He responded by saying we should help ourselves to more mulberries if we like. So during July, we picked enough for two small batches of mulberry jam, three cobblers, and over a month's worth of smoothies. Plenty of the berries also went straight into the boys' mouths, staining their lips a deep purple. One time when we were picking, my younger son climbed the chain-link fence to reach some berries that were higher in the tree. When his older brother attempted the same thing, he scratched his knee. I sent the crying boy and his younger brother home together. Daddy was there to wash the wound and wipe away the tears. My husband had not joined us because he's not to one, one to stand by the side of the road and pick fruit off a tree that doesn't belong to us. But foraging has grown in popularity, becoming a trendy thing to do, even in urban areas. Foraging finds friends within the slow food movement, which espouses eating more foods grown locally. I'm drawn to it because I enjoy turning something with seemingly little value, such as fruit falling off a tree, into something people would actually want. This is second nature to those who lived through the Depression, like my grandmothers. Foraging is one way to follow in their footsteps, if only a little. I didn't stop with the mulberries. Last year I also received cucumbers, extra-large zucchini, and tomatoes, both red and green from gardeners who had more produce than they could use. I was happy to take them off their hands and preserve them. By the end of the growing season, those six jars of mulberry jam were joined by 38 other jars, salsa, relish, and other goodies, both sweet and sour, packed at the peak of freshness. What a sense of satisfaction came from looking over the rows of jars in the pantry, and what satisfaction came from sharing them, 
in the months that followed. When it was time to give a gift, I often raided my pantry. I got the most compliments on the apple butter and the green tomato salsa. Now, as winter draws to a close, our, pant close, our pantry is rather sparse looking. But with a new growing season on the horizon, I'm expecting more opportunities for eating, preserving, and share sharing locally grown food. To hear more stories, learn more about Storymobile, and to find out where we'll be pedaling off to next, visit storymobile.org. <laughs>